Hi guys and girls, welcome to episode 117 of the Spartans in Pyjamas podcast. I am your host, Loz, and as always we have Dolph. Hello. Uh, we've got Star. Hello. And we've got Spark lurking in the background too. Hello. We might have others later, it depends on schedules and when they get their butts in gear, if they're not asleep or other. So, uh, yeah. And I'm sounding a bit... It's because it's winter and it fucks me up every time. <coughs> so, lovely. Um, so, if you're also wondering, hey, what happened to last week's uh, recording, which should have been last week, and it's like, yeah, we kind of had reasons to delay it a week, so we did. So, here it is. Hopefully a little bit longer... Uh, a little bit funnier, hopefully, and also we're all a little rested, so hopefully the the lack of burnout should also be helpful. Because sometimes you do get a little bit of a burnout going on. And I've also now got hiccups. Fucking great. Uh, so how are you guys, then? Yeah, same sentiment, really. It's Christmas. Humbug. Yeah. If you work in a bar or any kind of retail... Christmas is not a fun time of year. Everyone's like, oh, but it's Christmas, you get time off. I'm working Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the, th- the Friday. Time before. off? What's this illusion of time off that you say? Oh, and then New Year, I'm working <laughs> the Friday before New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So, I don't get time off at Christmas. Because I work two jobs, I don't get as lot of um, a lot of time with either. Well, yeah, you know, I've got the I've got the pub, and I've done have the theatre. Well, and with it being panto season, theatre is going to be very busy. With well, the uh, lovely Christmas bingo board, will be coming back at some point. Shut the fuck up, phone! I'm not even touching you, and you're just beeping at me. Why are you even plugged in? You don't. No one rings you anymore. Stop it. Stop beeping at me. Sorry. My, my house phone, which never rings anymore, is literally underfoot. And every now and again, you'll hear this beep boop because I accidentally kick it and it goes back on charge properly. Yes, we've sounded like I've got like a, a dodgy charge connection. No, it's just, <coughs> just the way it sits in its cradle. They're about. Fuck knows how old they are now. Uh, 12 years old, maybe. And there were hand-me-downs when I got them, <laughs> so. But, um, I don't know, should we, should we start topics or have we got anything else we want to say before we start? Uh... You can start if you like. Okay, so the first one tonight is from inyourarea.co.uk. There's, there's a innuendo there. But I, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, Tesco shoppers are warned over a £120 uh, petrol pump change. So apparently, a Tesco customer has hit out 
at changes made to supermarkets' petrol pumps after they noticed a sign informing them of a new change. Uh, a thread that went viral on Twitter explained that the yellow sign at Tesco pumps... Uh, well, what Tesco? Uh, these yellow signs were all about at Tesco pumps, um, reports Birmingham Live. The post by at Cromwell Stuff told drivers about pre-authorization changes that will now affect uh, drivers who pay at pumps. So pre-authorization or active card check has always been in place for drivers paying as they go. Where you tap or insert your card at the beginning um, of your transaction before you fill up your vehicle. The check is to make sure that your bank and card can see whether or not your payment is a legitimate one. Uh, where, where it will hold a pound uh, from the account. Last year, it was changed to an available funds check to see if you had enough cash to cover the petrol you were buying. But now a recent notice attached to a Tesco pump says drivers could be initially charged £125. Uh, the notice says, due to new payment rules issued by banks, your bank will reserve up to £120 and then release any unused funds shortly after. Mm, that, sounds, sounds, that sounds dodgy. It also says people can still pay at the pump and will let people know the amount your card issuer has approved. However, the notice has caused many shoppers to vent their anger. I mean, quite understandably, they're saying that every time you go to the petrol pump to fill up, if it's like you have to fill up and there's no way to pay at the counter, the bank is going to take £120 out of your account, whether you have that or not, and then give you back what it doesn't charge you in petrol. It's pretty shitty. And what if you don't have twenty pound in your account? Well, exactly. What if you only go into the station just to do a little top up, say like ten pounds of petrol? Oh yeah, can take one hundred and twenty pound, then give one hundred and ten back. Yeah. I don't think so. Somehow, I was going to give you one hundred and ten back, but it, you know they say shortly back into your account. But what if that shortly is twenty four hours, forty eight? What if you have a car payment coming out <coughs> that day that is important and needs to be uh, cleared? It's it is very in practice. It's, it's not it's not just that though. It's the fact that you know if you're only getting like ten pound of petrol, and you know, oh, good to be taking one hundred twenty pound out to authorize it, and then as you said, it goes straight back in. Like you said, is it going to go back in a couple of hours, a couple of days? If it's if it's over holiday period, you can be up to a couple of weeks. Yeah, because banks and other places do don't tend to work on weekends. So, so if you do it on a, if you do it on a Friday after six, you're probably not going to get the money back in the account until Monday, Monday morning. Exactly. Yeah, it's just shitty, isn't it? So um, at Cromwell stuff, who posted the original photo, said the sign is on Tesco pumps. If this doesn't wake you up. Nothing will. I have paid for ease with my card, like all the purchases in these last two weeks. It will now be cash. It's my money, not theirs. Take back control. Cash only. Uh, other shoppers came to the thread to share the concerns and anger. Paul Heyman says, They started doing this a couple of years ago where I live. I pay now cash every time. Following discussions with Visa and MasterCard, a Tesco spokesman confirmed last year they would be changing the way customers pay for their fuel at a smaller number amount of forecourts. They said, We've learned a lot from successful uh, from the success of this trial. And in line with MasterCard and Visa requirements, we'll now be rolling out the changes to the rest of our fuel stations throughout the rest of the year. 
What was the success of the trial? They had to piss off your fucking customers. Oh, I don't know. It, all that means is just, you know... It's just due, due bullshit. We know it's not working, but we're going to do it because it's easier for us. Hmm. That's all it is. It's fucking it, dri- illegal bullshit dribble. And that's the thing. It's like they're going to see like a, a complete dip in people using the cards uh, on them at night. People are not going to shop uh, at the petrol station at night now. So unless it's a 24-hour garage, which they don't really do anymore at Tesco or anything like that, you're going to be... They're going to be losing out. And then you're like, where's all this money gone? And it's like, well, dickheads. You you threatened your customers with a £120 charge every time they use the fucking pump. That they will get... Yes, they will get the money back. But the shortly afterwards... You know, it, uh, shortly afterwards. But how shortly is that? If they cannot give you a... Like, within five minutes of it, that's pretty bullshit, isn't it? Also, I'd like to uh, welcome Bob along. Hello, sorry. No, it's all right. (laughs) I don't know why my my phone didn't tell me I'd got a message. And I was like, oh, it's half a stake. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But hey. Uh... I'm here. I'm alive. Cool. Yay. So, yeah, that was the, the Tesco petrol pumps. So, basically, don't use Tesco petrol pumps to pre-pay you your card. That way, go see the attendant. Keep them in a job. Keep the banks from fucking you over by giving you a ridiculous amount of charge. Then taking ages to give it you back. Because shortly could be hours. But they do it at most pay-it pumps. They pre-authorise up to £100. Yeah, well, apparently they're going to take yeah. out... Hundred and twenty pounds. They don't actually take it out though. Oh well apparently according to this they are gonna take that out and then give you back the money afterwards. No, they don't actually take it out. It just gets reserved yeah. and put aside. Yeah, and then once you've completed your payment Yeah, well that, that's they just take how... out what you've used, what you've paid. I'm gonna say that wording though that they said here was not what they said. Um, no, because they, they do it at Morrison's as well. Like you put you put your card in, and it says. Well, about, up to it does say it's going to reserve it, but then it says and then yeah. release. So they're holding that money, so you don't have that money for that time that they decide that they aren't going to. That you're filling your petrol up with. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If it comes straight away, that's great. But if it takes ages, that's kind but of. But it shit. doesn't. It doesn't take ages. Because I I use it all the time. It does. They do it at Tesco's already. Mm, I, I'd just be you know, wary about that because it's like if you like Dolph said, if you did it at like a six o'clock on a Saturday, and the banks aren't open Sunday, then you have to wait till Monday. If anything comes out um, over that period of time, automatic, you're kind of boned if that money is reserved because it won't come back to you until it's sorted. No, it's it's an automated reservation within the bank. It's yeah. not a them saying, right, we're going to take this from your account. It's just the account saying, right, we've earmarked this to go to the this vendor. But you know yeah, when you reserve a table, table, other people can't sit on it because it's reserved. So you can't yeah, use but that. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's at the start of the transaction, it says we're having 100 quid. And yeah. once you finish that transaction, it says, right, you've only used 60 quid of it. The other 40, 40 quid's back available now. Yeah. 
It's more or less how they word the article. It makes it seem like yeah. they actually hold the money hostage, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. Well, well that'll be something to keep yeah, an eye on anyway. Because if they do shaft people over, we'll, uh, we'll want to let Well, they know. already shaft people over because you pay like £1.60 something for petrol so and then £1.80. the bloody stuff people. down as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why they say go to the Star uh, and Shell garages, you know, like the other like Texco, any kind of like oil-based company. Non-supermarket. Yeah, because they don't have to have a premium on top of what they get it for. So their prices are naturally going to be lower. They still make that profit. And oh, no, they're not. But people, no, have, no, people not. have already like shit on them for not dropping their prices. So they did. <laughs> so um, those prices should be lower than supermarket prices. Um, but it also depends where you live. Like if you are going into the middle of town and filling up, it's going to cost you more than if you went to the outskirts and filled up because demand. Oh, no, no. No, no, it's not. Because if you go to the outskirts of town, you've got no choice but to go to a specific petrol station. So they can charge you whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. As I was on depression, the further because, out from the town you are, <coughs> yeah, the more they're going to charge so you. It's just more further away from the delivery point. Yeah. yeah, so when you go to, like, petrol stations on the motorway, they charge a lot more because you've got no fucking choice but to use them. Yeah. I know you're desperate for fuel there. Yeah. So you'll pay it. Oh, that's ridiculous. And you'll find out if you're going from one station, it's like, what, 180 per litre. You thought, no, fuck that. I'm going to go to the next one down the road, 25 miles away. Yeah. And they might be like two, £2.10. Yeah, the cheapest yeah. ones will be in town because there's a lot more competition around there. People can go, mm-hmm. oh, no, I'll yeah. go over to that one over there. It's a bit cheaper. Yeah. It's only a couple of pence cheaper, but, you know, that's a couple of pence you're saving per litre. Every penny counts. I'm looking for the next story, Dolph, and I can't find it. Yeah, I've got it. <clears throat> so, you've heard of microtransactions, right? In games. Oh, there we go. I'm going to dub, dub this Mercedes transactions. Okay. Mercedes transactions. So, this is from TheVerge.com. Mercedes are locking fast acceleration behind a $1,200 annual paywall. Not a one-off oh, paywall. An annual paywall. Yep. Well, I mean, we've spoke... Uh, was it Honda? We did this. Was it Toyota last time about the heated seats? So it was, no, it was BMW, BMW, wasn't it? Or... Yeah, it was BMW because you know I think they must also charge for indicators because no one seems to want to use them. <laughs> oh yeah, Saab as well, isn't it? <laughs> I don't so know. The... We, we're not posh enough for Saab round <laughs> <laughs> The German auto manufacturer is the latest company to offer subscription service for features a vehicle was already capable of. Mercedes is the latest manufacturer to lock auto features behind a subscription fee with an upcoming quote-unquote acceleration increase add-on that lets drivers pay to access motor performance their vehicle is already able to do. This twelve-year, twelve hundred dollar year this twelve hundred dollar yearly subscription improves performance by boosting output for the motors by twenty to twenty-four percent, increasing the torque and shaving around zero point eight to zero point nine seconds off zero to sixty. Miles per hour acceleration when in dynamic drive mode. So this is for an electric car, mate. Oh, is it electric? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair enough. The subscription doesn't come with any physical hardware upgrades. Instead, it simply unlocks the full capabilities of the vehicle, indicating that Mercedes intentionally limited performance to later sell as an optional extra. Wait. Oh, wait okay, a bit of surprise. <laughs> acceleration increases 
is only available for the Mercedes EQ EQE and Mercedes EQ EQS electric car models. Fuck off with a stupid name for the fucking <laughs> thing. EQ EQE EQ EQS. It sounds like some fucking Japanese anime girl dancing around. She's happy. Not a fucking car brand. The fuck? Get a brain. Jesus. What? I'm sorry. Hold on. As global sales of new cars have fallen in recent years, car manufacturers have pivoted towards selling software updates and features as subscriptions to generate a continuous revenue stream long after a car has been purchased. While this makes sense for certain software-specific offerings, such as premium navigation features or remote vehicle monitoring, Mercedes paywalling its vehicle's performance is part of an emerging, more loathsome trend that sees auto brands restricting the capabilities of hardware that already comes factory-equipped with the vehicle. Oh, there you go. Yep, this comes just months after BMW sparked outrage by similarly charging eighteen dollars a month to switch in some countries for owners to use the heated seats. <laughs> just one of the many features paywall by the car manufacturers since twenty twenty. BMW has also tried and failed to charge its customers eighty dollars a year to access Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Features that other vehicle makers have included for free. Uh, correction: so, BMW's CarPlay and Android Auto description was going to be. $80 a year, not per month as the story initially stated. Hmm. Even still, though, this other, I mean, you expect this kind of shit in computer games, not fucking well, <laughs> have you Have you heard that they're also going to be taxing uh, e-cars now? All e-cars are going to have some form of extra tax that they were exempt from before. Because yep. they need the money. Yep. So at, at this point, I can only imagine they'll be taxed them on wear and tear of the road because they can't say it's an emission thing because other than the emissions made to make it and the emissions made while recharging it, the road is not making any on the road, so it's not an emissions cost. It's only so, a bloody road tax. Yeah, but they're, they're actually, whatever the emissions cost thing is, e-cars are exempt from it. But now they're making that kind well, of count towards an e-car, even though they don't make any emissions. Yeah, I think they were exempt from road tax. Yeah, they were, so, yeah. And they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to remedy that. that fucking far yeah. off. Well, they are using the road, so technically, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, but it's, I mean, I, I kind of understand that one, but then... They were on about oh we're gonna we're gonna tax and license bikes and it's like yeah good luck with that. How did that work with the low emissions zone in London then with a e car? I imagine they just won't pay for that area, but they still pay the the whatever the road tax is. Yeah, they still pay like pay twenty quid a year for road tax. Yeah, I'd wait that be the case, but I'm, with emissions, you know, a lot of these cars and the road car are still hybrid. Part, part electric, part uh, petrol. Mm. Yeah, but the whole idea of the, the the sections in London that are for emissions, they still wouldn't count in that section because they'd still have little to no emissions. I suppose it makes sense. Yeah. So they'd just be paying the road tax like normal people because they use the road Can like I normal say people. That when Dolph put this in the uh, thing, it's like Mercedes charging. Uh, thing he put, we're getting microtransactions in cars now. And I went, fuck EA, wait, what? Because <laughs> that's my go to. It's, it's, it's EA doing something stupid. 
It's not. It's Mercedes looking at EA and going, call my beer. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to let that bird free, are we? That fucking EA bird. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So, between last podcast and this podcast, there was a beer festival at our work. Was there? Uh, yes, there was. Oh. 20, the weekend of the 20th. It was on Facebook. <laughs> um, and, and we had bands on the Friday night, the Saturday night, and the Sunday afternoon. Uh, and the guys that were on the Friday night, they are a band called the Groovy Cats. They are really good. They do like swing and all sorts. Uh, they have been up and down the country. They are like wedding singers and that. They charge an arm and a leg, but they are good. Uh, we don't get charged arm and a leg because we've known them for years and they love us to death and love playing at our pub. Um, so we get them on a discount. And I've been pestering them for years to play Freebird. <laughs> uh, Linda Skinner's Freebird. So I asked them, they go, yeah, we can have a crack of it. I'm like, cool. And like, they made a big deal of it on the post. I was like, we'll even attempt this even though we're not practiced. And I'm like, Nice. Anyway, they play the set, they get up to the free bird, and they go, okay, so we got this request. Um, it's like, we'll play it, but he's singing it. <laughs> so I had to get up in front of the entire pub. Me, with social anxiety, the intolerance to uncertainty, that's why I've been diagnosed with, um, <laughs> has to get up in front of the entire pub with a, a, a blank memory to any of the lyrics and sing karaoke style off a phone until I got to the point where I got lost and let them carry on. And um, I got so much praise for doing that because even though I hated it and I didn't want to do it, I just did it. Um, so yeah. You're surprised how much respect you get for doing pub karaoke from the regulars. Oh, very surprised how much respect you get. I, I got like everybody like cheering me and wishing me well and saying how good it was and i'm like oh really you, you just heard me sing right i this is the thing i am my own biggest critic so yeah um, that, that being said though the what most people don't realize most people who do karaoke in a pub tend to be quite unpickled um, anyway but to go up there fucking stone cold. complete <laughs> bollocks great start bollocks don't fucking sober you know it takes a lot of yeah I, I used to love doing karaoke years ago. Oh, I, 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 I didn't mind it when it was stuff I knew. I mean, by heart. I can't, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, what the man was speaking to the manager at the time, and the manager related to me what he said. He's like, "Well, just to let you know, this guy said you were shit," and I was like, "Oh, okay." He said, "Well, don't give a fuck what he thinks." I even said, "He said to him, would you go out there?'" He's like, "No." He said, "Well, he's got more fucking balls than you have." Then he said, "I'd like to see him go up there and sing." You know, it's just karaoke's fun, but if you get like social anxiety or you know you don't deal well with that kind of environment, it's very nerve wracking. Oh yeah, it is one hundred percent, and like so even more so when you're completely teetotal and teetotal doing it. Well, you know, what I said I said next year I'm going to pick a song I fucking know <laughs> off by heart. So. Uh... I think next year I'll be like, Blink-182, I miss you, because I know that one off by heart, and I can sing it. Um, Yeah, that that was just the most 
instant karma fuck you for years of me just being a twat. <laughs> then, you can also do Coldplay Yellow, I suppose. No, fuck Coldplay. Coldplay sucks dick. They can fucking die. I hate it. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck Coldplay. Sorry, did I tell you I don't like Coldplay? But <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so also then the Saturday night band was like, we're going to get you to sing something. And I'm like, well, miss you, but <laughs> good luck. I'm going to be busy. And I managed to keep myself busy so he, he couldn't call me up to do it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're coming up now. I'm putting this glass away. <laughs> oh, no, he was looking for me to like, grab me while I was obviously off the bar because he was in on the Friday night. So he heard me, and he was like, that was all right. And I'm like, uh, he goes, what are you singing for us tomorrow? I'm like, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Never heard of that song. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It was mortifying, and I never want to do it again, but I will probably will end up doing it again, and it'll be interesting, and I'll probably bitch about it next year. So anyway. I want you to pick Uncle Fucker when you sing the next song. Shut your fucking <laughs> face, Uncle Fucker. <laughs> You're a bona fide bastard, Uncle Fucker. Bob, next... Uncle Fucker, yes, it's true. Isn't that Uncle Fucker? Uh, this uh, next one is your story. The Dan Jones one. Me? What? Yeah, the which, which, which thumb are you? The what? The what? You which thumbed are you? Yeah. I can't... Oh, yeah. It was really weird. Like, I've done this, and this is it's actually really fucking weird because I've done yeah. it. I don't know my natural. I was like, okay, I don't know. I was like, yeah, I don't fucking well, sure. <laughs> when you when you like put your hands together in front of your face and like make a fist, you either have your left thumb or your right thumb on the top. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, you interrupt your fingers in front of you, and then when you put them together. But then try it the other way, and it feels weird. That's but you the, don't even notice. The the point is, I naturally do it left thumbed, but if I do it right yeah. thumbed, it doesn't feel weird. Yeah. Because well, I'm left thumbed. I'm left thumbed. It starts left thumbed. I'm right thumbed. I do left over, and I think that feels fucking weird. Yeah, it's weird. But, but you I, don't I, notice you're doing it. See, this is the thing. This is where I'm like limited ambidextrous. I used to be left-handed. I still am left-handed for certain things, but I write right-handed and predominantly like play guitar when I try and play guitar. And most games I'll shoot right-handed, but I can shoot left-handed <laughs> just as well as I shoot right-handed. So it's like every thing I do, there's certain things I'll do one way. It's like I can eat food either way around. It doesn't matter. I can pick a knife and fork up in any hand and just eat. I don't have to have the knife in a certain hand or the fork in a certain hand. I can just go. So, um, it's like preference, really. If you set the place like <laughs> like left-handed, I'd pick it up and eat left-handed. But if you say right-handed, I'd pick it up and eat right-handed. It, it's just the way I'm built. It's just, it's just a little different than everyone else. But I, mean, I, I can use a fork left-handed or right-handed, but <clears throat> I don't want to use my left or fork. But if I'm not using something that requires cutting, then I can use the right no problem. Hmm. No, see, I can't. I have to have my fork in my left hand. But being left-handed, it should be the other way around. Yeah, because you're 
<clears throat> Dawn at hand for Ryden should be the same one as, as your <gasps> eating utensil fork. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, well, this is where I was made to change hands when I was younger. So my dominant hand is not my dominant hand for writing. Because school made me change hands. Mm. So. It, it just always thought it was weird. Yeah, it is. You don't even think about it when you're doing it. You just sort of put your, insert your fingers and you're just like, that's it. Mm. Well, I always But do. then you think about it and you try and do it the other way and it feels weird. Yeah, no, I get it. So, next one was K-Dog. So, uh, yeah. Was that one again? Yeah. Uh, so, oh, the month of strikes. Yeah. Yeah, I read, I read through this. And <clears throat> yeah. Um, this is in the UK, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, this is from theguardian.com. Uh, the month in UK strikes a calendar of December's planned stoppages. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, there's. I've read through this. There's loads. Right. Everybody's right. striking. So almost daily strike action across sectors ranging from transport to the NHS is take place in the run up to Christmas and can beyond. I, can we strike in pubs? We're like fuck you guys, we're not getting beer unless we get a pay rise. <laughs> yeah, I don't think pubs have pubs got you. No, um, it's a shame we don't no. really. I wish we do. It'd be nice. So the run up to Christmas and beyond amidst continuing deadlock between unions, employees, and the government over pay and conditions. The Fiber Grades Union is also planning to battle its members after rejecting a 5% pay rise. And with millions of workers facing a cost of living emergency, the GMB Union, which represents some of the ambulance workers who voted this week to strike, warned that the government needs to listen to their concerns. The PCS representative civil servants, including border force officers, passport office staff, and national highway employees, have also backed strike action, but is yet to confirm the dates. However, Downing Street on Thursday urged public sector unions to call off what is described as unnecessary industrial action. Here we sketch out which services are expected to be effective in, in December. So the 1st December, the Royal Mail workers, <coughs> university lecturers and staff at Sixth Form Colleges have been staging pickets sparked by pay disputes in one of the biggest walkouts of the current wave in industrial action. As well as their actions this week, the male members of the Community Workers Union will carry out single days of action up and until Christmas. Members of the University and College Union, the UCU, at 150 universities have been on strike, following up a 40-hour strike last week with a 24-hour stoppage. The action at colleges is being organised by the NEU, whose members include those working at 77 sick forms in England who have said they have suffered a pay cut of an estimate of 20% in real terms since 2010. Monday the 5th December, more than a thousand security workers who deliver cash and coin to some of the UK's biggest banks, supermarkets, will take, take part in a 40-hour strike. Uh, Wednesday the 7th December, teachers from the Scottish Secondary Teachers Association and NASUWT unions will be the first of two days of strikes in the dispute over pay. Thursday the 8th of December, which is tomorrow. Bus drivers on Metroline, which covers routes in North and West London, could go ahead with strike action if they reject an improved pay offer from the company. Three days of strike action scheduled for this week involving more than 2,000 bus drivers from the United Union were called off on 30 November after last-minute talks produced the offer, which will be subject to a ballot. Friday the 9th of December, bus workers for Abellio, whose services are largely focused in the south and west of London, are set to stage their latest strike after three days of action in late November. 
Saturday, the 10th of December, our Bellingham buses work in the south and west of London will be on strike again. Sunday, the 11th, postal workers, members of the Communications Worker Union are going on strike. Monday, the 12th of December, a strike by Unison members will take place in Northern Ireland across ambulance and other NHS services. Tuesday, the 13th of December, thousands of members of the RT union work for Network Rail and 14 train operating companies are set to stage the first days of strikes, causing disruption over six consecutive days as they run up to Christmas. The thing is that we already had rail disruptions over the last couple of months anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, then again, rail workers don't get paid. Well, no one gets paid properly, to be fair. No. No sector does. Uh, workers from another transport union, the TSSA, will also take strike action in their ongoing national rail dispute over pay, job security and conditions. Their strikes on this day will affect Avanti West Coast Lines. Wednesday the 14th of December, another day of multiple strikes, including RMT members working for Network Rail and 14 train operating companies, the TSSA members on Avanti West Coast Lines, personal workers, members of the Communication Workers Union and staff at the Rural Payments Agency. It's uh, a lot of fucking talking. Thursday the 15th of December, the first in a series of stoppages by up to 100,000 nurses, which will have an impact across 53 NHS organisations in England, will take place. The Royal College of Nursing has made clear it would increase the scale of its industrial action unless Steve Barclay, the Health Secretary, engages in detailed talks over the demand for pay rise of inflation plus 5%. United Bus Drivers at Metroline may also be taking action, depending on whether an improved pay offer is accepted, so might so my postal worker members of the CWU. Friday the 16th of December. Security staff working for Eurostar, who are members of the RMT, will begin the first of four days of walkouts in the run-up to Christmas in a pay dispute, although this action is not likely to stop the trains. Uh, Saturday the 17th of December. Strike action will be taken by members of the TSSA working for C2C, which serves more than two dozen stations between East London and South Essex. RMT members working for Network Rail and 14 train operating companies Abellio bus workers in the south and west of London and TSSA members on the Avanti West Coast will also be taking action. You're not going fucking anywhere that day if you nope. don't have a car or a bike. Sunday the 18th of December, members of the RMT will start an overtime ban across the railways, which will run until 2nd of January, meaning RMT will be taking industrial action for four weeks. Members of the TSA union will begin taking industrial action short of a strike. ASOS affecting Avanti West Coast lines. ASOS, in which members only carry out contractually required duties, will also take place at different times across different companies in the run-up to Christmas. The Eurostaff's security will also be on strike. Tuesday the 20th of December, strike actions by nurses from Royal College of Nursing, RCN. Uh, Thursday the 22nd of December, cleaners who are members of the RNT union will begin the first of a number of days of strikes. Rail at firms including Avanti, all those services are likely to halt. Eurostar staff will also be out. Friday the 23rd of December, Eurostar security staff, cleaners for a number of rail companies and postal workers from the CWU are all due to take action. Christmas Eve, postal workers of the Communications Working Union are, are due to go on strike. And Saturday the 31st of December, RNT members working as cleaners for a number of rail companies are due to take action. So yeah. That's a lot of strikes. More strikes than me doing some bowling. <laughs> it's, it's just the point where everyone's getting fed up of not being paid properly and getting charged through the arse. 
Yeah. It's, 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 number, number of fa- it's a factor of things, though, isn't it? It's the inflation keeps going on on the up and up and up, and yet pay stays stagnant. Yeah. I mean, if inflation goes up, then wages should be going up. Because if, if people are not spending money, then the economy is going to go to shit. Mm-hmm. And if people have got money to spend, it's still going to go shit. Yeah. Economies thrive when money is constantly changing hands in an economy. Yeah. There's no point sitting on all these fucking millions and millions and millions because that's millions and millions of money that is not in the fucking circulation. Well, yeah. It's just, it's just stupid. Yep, yep, yep. So, what's, what's next? <laughs> oh, yeah, this. So, Interesting. Uh, the Oxford Word of the Year for 2022, which is most likely going to go into the Oxford English Dictionary, is Goblin Mode. What's Goblin Mode? Uh, goblin Mode is a slang term often used in expressions in Goblin Mode or to go into Goblin Mode. Uh, is a type of behaviour which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy, typically in a way that re- rejects social norms and expectations. Uh, so, yeah, apparently there was uh, voting over what would make it in. It doesn't say what the other ones were, but over 300,000 uh, people cast their vote, and this was the one that won. Uh, previous words that got voted in are vax in 2021, climate emergency in 2029, and selfie in 2013. So I'll just read. I'll just read one of the one of the tweets from this. <laughs> and well, basically, someone took a screenshot. And says, "How do I stop my husband going, husband from going goblin mode during sex?" My husband says, Goblin Mode activated when we start to have sex, growls and acts like a caveman, and then says, Goblin Mode off when we stop, and then pretends to know not what the fuck I'm talking about when I ask him about it. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> See, I thought Goblin Mode was like when you just went into like a full-on rage. That's what I was, that's what I was, that's what I was going towards, really. Like, when you go yeah. and, just, just, go to, just go into a rage mode, like an uncontrollable fervor of, um, like an A lot of flailing arms and poor hand-eye coordination. Yeah, I mean, in this case, it's nah. We're just going to be fucking lazy and selfish. It's like okay. But goblins aren't lazy and selfish. They go and steal your fucking gold. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Like, Trolls are lazy and selfish because hmm. they live under bridges. Yeah. Mm. So same about dragons sleeping on those bit of coins. Can't be good for their their fucking back. Well, that's a bit lumpy, isn't it, really? Can you imagine a fucking dragon laying a fucking big pile of coins, wakes up in the morning, goes like, oh, the gold coin under my elbow? Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Just just shakes a load of gold coins off him. Or her. Yeah, Yeah, just taps on his head and a fucking gold coin falls up behind his horn. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know how that one's got there. Oh, that's my, um,. That's when my collector gold coin went with um, Claudia Schiffer on. Fart, someone gets embedded in the wall. I won. Coin cannon. <laughs> so, uh, 
We've got to sour the mood a little bit now for the next couple. Yeah, so we've gone from uh, Green Goblin to Green Power Ranger. So, the original Green Power Ranger, Jason David Frank, otherwise known as Tommy Oliver uh, in the series, has died at the age of 49. See how that is. I think it was a, uh, a cancer again. That's a big fucking C, man, seriously. Yep. It's uh, a fucker. The thing is, he appeared in numerous other versions of the Power Rangers as like a legendary thing, because he was the bad guy to be um, in uh, in the beginning. And then he became a good guy, and then he became a de facto leader, so... Um, and that, and he, he had the coolest thing. He had the dragon sword. He had a magical flute to summon it. He was um, the only Power Ranger to lose and regain his powers like twice. I think it was in the show, and he just made it so goddamn cool. Um, so yeah, he'll be missed. Um, like nineties television is just. That was it, mm-hmm. and, and it was it was so cool. And like he was in the movies, uh, and stuff like that. And I think he like voiced some of the video games as well. He actually put his voice to them. So, uh, yeah, that was a, a great from the nineties television. Gone, unfortunately, and then also, um, Kirstie Alley, who yeah. was in Cheers and other. Shows. Look who's talking. She was in. Yeah. Uh, she also died of cancer as well. Yeah, she was 71. Yeah, I didn't even that until I saw it the other day. I was like... Yeah, Sparks oh. was telling me about it in the Xbox Party the other day, and I was like, no. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... Um... So, as, as, as iconic as she was on the screen, she was even in more ways than... Well, this is from uh, CNBC before I get ahead of myself. <laughs> Uh, as as iconic as she was on screen, she was also an even more amazing mother and grandmother. Her children, in a statement, said she stood opposite Ted Danson as Rebecca Howe on Cheers, the beloved NBC sitcom about a Boston bar for 1987-93. She joined the show at the height of its popularity after the departure of our original star, Shelley Long. Uh, in 1989, comedy, look who's talking, which gave her a major career boost. She played the mother of a baby whose inner thoughts were voiced by Bruce Willis. She would also appear in the 1990 sequel, Look Who's Talking To. John Travolta, her co-star in both films, paid her tribute in an Instagram post. I mean... That's... You know, it's just... It gets to the point where, as you, as you know, as you, as you get older, all these stars you remember as kids just, just disappear. It's just... Mm. It's upsetting. Yeah, it's, it's bad as well when you like say, "Oh, this person died," and people go, "Who?" And you're like, "What?" Is <laughs> usually like the reply nowadays. So I yeah. think I mentioned uh, like a cartoon from the nineties, and four out of the five members of Bar Staff turned around went to me and went, "What?" You <laughs> should <laughs> just said, "Get the fuck off my bar." <laughs> I mean, I'm bar supervisor now. I can, <laughs> but that'd be very so, on my own. So, for our listeners, what cartoons did you 
I'll ask him about. Uh, Street Sharks, Biker Mice from Mars, uh, Captain Bobby yep. O'Hare. Yep. yep. Uh, Pinky in the Brain. Captain George. Yep. Uh, Animaniacs. Yep. I'm saying you do the most. They had no clue about any of them. I mean, not, not Animaniacs, really. They've only recently started fucking coming back a little bit. I know. It's, it's insane. <laughs> Um, no, Gummy Bears is on Disney Plus. Yeah, it, it's just I don't know. I don't get it. Oh, also speaking of the side, before we get onto the next topic, uh, the the Sony Spider-Man films, uh, up until the last Spider-Man one is now on um Disney Plus. Ooh. So you can watch uh, Far From Home and Homecoming, uh, on on what you call it. On Disney Plus right now, as well as the uh, Tobey Maguire trilogy and the Andrew Garfield duo films. Mm, I didn't like Tobey Maguire. I like Andrew Garfield, but I didn't like Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire had the best Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield had the best Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire, and then um, I forgot his name. Tom Holland has the best yeah. all-rounder. Yeah. Mm. Because Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was snarky as fuck and it was great. And then yeah. bumbling Peter Parker, who, to be honest, he looked like he was in his mid-twenties when he was in that first one. So it was kind of weird, but he, he also played the, the dorkiness right. And then Tom Holland has both working for him, so that's good. Um, Yeah, so they're on there as well, so... There's memory lanes to be had, like lots of Spider-Man stuffs on there now as well, so it's always worth a look. Um, all right, so moving on to the next topic. Also on the Disney Plus side, mm. for people who dare say that Die Hard is not a Christmas film, it is on Disney Plus's Merry Christmas Collection. Because it's a fucking Christmas film. It's set at Christmas. Okay. Any film set at Christmas is a fucking Christmas film. Disney Plus have said it's Merry Christmas collection Die Hard. So So in your face, motherfuckers. Die Hard 2 should also be there because that was set at Christmas as well. Yeah. But I haven't checked that out. But yeah, speaking about web and stuff like that, uh, Twitter. Let's see what we did there. This is from the Guardian. Com. Twitter closes offices after Elon Musk's loyalty oath sparks a wave of resignations. Uh, so this was what date is this? This doesn't have a date on it. Wow, that's fucking Friday, eighteenth of November. So that's uh, so uh, the crisis at Twitter oh. reached new heights after hundreds of employees were reported to have rejected Elon Musk's ultimatum to keep working for the business, threatening its ability to operate. As the company temporarily closed its offices uh, to staff on Friday, Twitter users began saying their goodbyes and linking their accounts to other platforms. Uh, Rip Twitter, uh, Twitter down uh, were hashtags. Uh, Mastodon, MySpace were all trending on the platform after the deadline passed on Musk's ultimatum for the remaining workforce to sign up for long hours at high intensity by Thursday or leave. Uh, it's been estimated that hundreds of remaining staff already cut from the 7,500 to around 3,750 in the wake of Musk's turnover last month 
opted to go goodbye. <clears throat> Departures include many engineers responsible for fixing bugs and preventing service outages. Yeah. <laughs> Raising questions uh, about the stability and platform amidst loss of employees and prompting hurried debates amongst uh, managers over who should be asked to return current and former employees said. In uh, early sign that the number of declining uh, of those declining to side was greater than anticipated, Musk eased off the return to office mandate he had issued a week ago, telling employees on Thursday they would be allowed to work remotely if their managers assessed they were making an excellent contribution. Twitter later announced via email that it would close uh, our office buildings and disable employee badge access till Monday, the New York Times reported. Uh, online users were speculating that the site could go down in a matter of hours or days. In July's uh, Twitter's former head of security, Pieter Zakto, uh, filed a whistleblower complaint warning of uh, proof of infrastructure standards at Twitter even before Musk's takeover, alleging uh, that more than 50% of Twitter's 500,000 data centers are running software that is out of date or have other security problems. <clears throat> On the Thursday, the version of Twitter app used by employees began slowing down, according to one source uh, familiar with the matter who estimated that the public version of Twitter was at risk of breaking during the night. Uh, website Down Detector reported a significant uptake in users reporting issues on the site. Um, if it does break, and if there's no one, uh, there's no one left to fix things in many areas, the person <coughs> said, who declined to be named for fear of retribution. <clears throat> one information security expert warned the site could now be vulnerable to hacks if overnight departures uh, have depleted some engineer functions severely. Engineering functions severely. Uh, Twitter, like any big website, is targeted to lots of unsophisticated attacks and a few sophisticated ones said Stephen Murdoch, a professor of security engineering at the University College London. Many security measures are preventative, but some rely on skilled personnel mo monitoring for unusual behaviour, investigating the cases, and then taking the appropriate steps to keep attackers away from critical systems. Are those people still in their jobs? Um, a US-based Twitter engineer who resigned on Thursday said he would have been on call constantly had he stayed dealing with complex systems he had no experience in because of the scales of the cuts amongst engineering colleagues peter Klaus, a senior software engineer at twitter tweeted if i stayed i'd be on call constantly with little support for an indeterminate amount of time on several additional complex systems i had no experience in the news has promoted an outpouring of concern amongst users on the platform and promoted many users to link their accounts on instagram or Mastodon as an alternative. Uh, wow, there's lots more here. US representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted, she could be found on Instagram or on email. She followed up with a tweet saying, those employees who built the company deserve better. She said, shout out to all those twi uh, workers on Twitter. You built a vital place for connection and deserve so much better. Official government sites have also been providing their means of being found elsewhere, so France, for instance. On Friday, um, Ireland's Teo Isaac, Mikhail Martin, 
I don't know if I said that first bit right. I probably didn't. Uh, described Twitter's behavior as unacceptable and said that the employees of any company must be treated with respect and dignity. Prior to Musk's takeover, Twitter employed 500 people in Ireland. Musk was tweeting through drama. Uh, on Friday, he posted memes mocking all those expected uh, of the platform's demise. I said Twitter usage was at an all-time high, something he blamed on media reporting about Twitter. And then it's a picture of a grave with uh, the Twitter logo on and uh, someone doing the peace sign in front of a camera uh, with a Twitter logo over his face. Early Musk was meeting some top employees to try and convince them to stay. One said current... Uh, fuck words. Said one current employee and a recent departed employee who was also in Twitch with, uh, Twitch with Twitter colleagues. There. In a private chat on Signal with about 50 Twitter staffers, almost 40 have said they decided to leave, uh, according to a former employee. Uh, in a private Slack group for Twitter's current and former employees, about 360 people joined. A new channel titled Voluntary Layoff uh, said a person with knowledge of the Slack group. Uh, Slack is kind of like uh, Discord, but for um, more, like it's more of a uh like business focused thing mm -hmm. you have to like make the thing and be invited to it you can't just uh join or make public discords or uh, well, public slacks a separate poll on blind asked staffers to estimate what percentage of people would leave twitter based on perception more than half of respondents estimated 50 percent of employees would leave fortune magazine reported that 75% of Twitter's uh, remaining 3,700 employees might have left on Thursday. <clears throat> While it's unclear how many employees have chosen to stay, the numbers highlighted uh, the reluctance of some staffers to remain at a company where Musk has <clears throat> hastened to fire half of his employees, including top management, and is ruthlessly changing the culture to emphasise long hours and intense pace. Twitter, uh, which has lost many of its communication team members, did not respond to a request for comment. <coughs> yeah, there's no one there to read them, that's why. <coughs> uh, blue hearts and salute emojis flooded the site and its internal chat rooms on Thursday, uh, the second time in two weeks, as Twitter employees said their goodbyes. By 6pm uh, uh, EST, I read that really wrong. Uh, more than two dozen Twitter employees across the United States and Europe had announced their departure in public uh, Twitter posts viewed by Reuters. Reuters, Reuters. Uh, though each resignation could not be independently verified. <clears throat> uh, early on Wednesday, Musk had emailed Twitter employees saying, going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed increasingly and succeed in an increasingly competitive world, uh, we will need to be extremely hardcore. Uh, email staff, a, the email asked staff to click yes if they want to stick around. Those who did not respond by 5pm on Eastern time on Thursday will be considered to have quit and given a severance, uh, severance package, the email said. The deadline approached and employees scrambled to, to figure out what to do. One team within Twitter decided to take the leap and leave uh, the company, one employee who was leaving told Reaches. 
In an apparent jab at uh, Musk calls for employees to be hardcore, the Twitter profile bios on several departing engineers on Thursday describe themselves as softcore engineers or hardcore uh, engineers. And that's... That was a hell of a um, article. Fucking hell of an article. My brain, after all that. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, Elon Musk is a man with ideas, but because people aren't on his level, he makes a lot of stupid ideas as well as good ideas. And this was an, not a very good idea. Because apparently he was also removing staff based on their like work output so people who did lines of code for instance uh the really important ones that only take a couple of lines of code or they're really good and only need to make a couple of lines of code they were getting fired and the people who did shitloads of garbage code or basic code that took a lot of programming to do were kept on <laughs> so oh dear i don't see twitter staying in a workable state i think as soon as someone figures out how to ddos and fuck shit up um it's it's gonna it's gonna break yep and there's not much we can do about it uh so while there is a spartans in pajamas twitter account and there is our own personal twitter accounts um we will have to look at other versions of like social media and stuff to like drop this on well we'll worry about that when we get if the unthinkable happens yeah so again what's this space for more dumb fuckery on the Mm -hmm. uh side of twitter so next story is you dolph so uh, hang on, uh, one second. I need to quickly find it. Uh, it's from Kotaku.com. Yeah. Oh, come on. Uh, uh. Okay, right. So, legendary Sonic designer Yuji Naka arrested in Japan. He's the first. He's the well. He's the latest developer to be caught up in a scandal involving the Dragon Quest series. So this article is from the seventeenth, which I think was Thursday. It was the Thursday. Before, well, it was Thursday of the beer festival. Uh, so yeah, oh. it was in between last podcast and then this one. Obviously, so. so this is this is from seventeenth of November. Over the past twenty four hours, a number of people in Japan, including a Square Enix employee, has been arrested on insider trading, insider trader charges, relating to a Dragon Quest game announcement. Legendary Sega designer Yuji Naka is, a, is reportedly amongst them. The scandal centers around a studio called Aiming, which in 2020 was announced as developer of a new Dragon Quest game called Tact. Last night, it was first alleged that 38-year-old Square Enix employee, Tasuki Sazaki, who had worked on Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts games, knew of the deal before it was publicly announced and along with a friend purchased a ton of shares in aiming hoping to profit when their share price presumably went up Naka 57 who is credited as one of the main creators of Sonic the Hedgehog and who has also won everything from Nights into Dreams to Fantasy Star has since been arrested on similar charges 
Now, he's accused of also knowing about the aiming deal before it was public news and taking the opportunity to purchase 10,000 shares in the company. Ooh. While most famous for his work with Sega, Micah had most recently teamed up with Square Enix on the ill-fated 3D platformer Balen Wonderland. He parted ways with the company in April 2021. These allegations stem from 2020, where he was still working with the publisher. Micah was arrested by the Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office which is continuing his investigation. He is allegedly to have purchased 10,000 shares worth 2.8 million yen, or around 20,000 US dollars. Meanwhile, Sazuki is accused of buying 26.4 million worth yen, or around $188,000 worth of shares. And Ford is yet to disclose whether any of the three men arrested so far still owed those shares, or whether they had been sold off for profit prior to the investigation. So, insider training. Oh. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. I mean, in that case as well, fuck's sake, you. Or I don't mean, get caught. At least Yuji Naka didn't go ridiculous like the other guy did. The other guy's like, I'm a hundred thousands pounds worth of fucking shares. He went, I'll do ten grand. So yeah, Suzuki did one hundred eighty, hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars worth. Yeah, which is round about the same um, in pounds these days. K. So, mm. yeah, yeah, he des- they kind of deserve to get shot on for that. So, um, I think most people people do that. I think they're saving grace because they gave birth to a well-known gaming figure would save them. But no, no, <laughs> Japan culture that's kind of like, uh, uh, so speaking of Japan culture and stuff. Hey, so this one is from timeextension.com. Uh, so, see, I was going to say. Speaking of, <sighs> yeah. So, hey, Bob, you had a GameCube, didn't you? Of course, you did. Because yeah. we played Animal Crossing together. How did you get the disc? Yeah. Out? Uh, you push the top; it comes out like a CD player thing. Yeah, and then how do you get the disc out of the actual the tray? Um, with my finger. So, 21 years later, people are discovering the GameCube's, in quotes, hidden eject button. So, if you push down the middle of the fucking spindle, it popped it out. Apparently, people don't know this, even though it says push to eject on it. You push the middle bit down, and it pops it out, and then you grab, like, put your thumb in the hole, and then a finger on the outside. Or your finger in the in the hole, and your thumb on the outside, depending yeah. on how spicy you feel. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the GameCube was first uh, Nintendo system to use optical media for games. And in typical Nintendo fashion, the system did thing a little, things a little differently to competition. While rivals such as Sega, Sony, and Microsoft uses standardized discs, uh, Nintendo uh, opted for a proprietary mini-DVD optical disc format. These cute little discs naturally held less data but looked unique, and Nintendo also included a cool means of removing them from the console's disc drive. There's a little button at the top of the disc drive. Um, yeah, that's it, and it pops it off and you grab it. Yeah, uh, disc drive spindle that pops the disc off. It even says push on it, but would appear... That uh, more than a few people simply weren't aware that it existed until now. So it's like when you take the DVD out of the DVD case, you push the middle of it and it pops it up a bit so you can grab it without like touching 
the sides under you and you can get your grubby mitts underneath the, on the actual disc. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's um, I just had the tweet, uh, the tweet from Greg. Stewart. Yeah, cool. all these surprise responses had me wondering how many of you snapped a game or two in half. <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> it was they were secure when they were in there as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like how the fuck? How the fuck? Did you not read? Just just read is all you need to do. But apparently they don't. <clears throat> oh, there's some comments. Hang on. Uh, Tap here to load the comments. Uh, I guess a lot of people didn't read the manual. This was never a secret to begin with. I'm one of those people who had no idea. Embarrassed. But that's your silly fault. Yeah. The people not look. The bot even says push. So bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's not like a hard thing to figure out. No. You just push the button. Even if you chuckle it out, it won't come out. So you end up pushing the button anyway to pop it out. They probably don't even realise they were doing it. That's the, probably the worst part about it is it's like, hey, this thing is legitimately easy to do. Then there's a, what do you call it? Be honest, did you know about the GameCube's eject button? I'm going to click yes and vote. Yes. Uh, how many people... Oh, I didn't, you didn't select... I fucking did select an answer. Fuck you. I, d I did select an answer. Alright, fucking results then. Let's have a look. Show me the results, you motherfucker. I need to know how many fucking dumbasses. I did know about it. Vote. What do you mean I didn't select the fucking answer? I did. <laughs> this is trolling the fuck out of me. Can you get at this? See what the results were? Yeah. Um, 84% said yes. 16% said no. Fucking idiot. Well, you that's said no. About, that's about 1,300 votes. So. Mascara bucks. 84% of 1,300. Oh, sorry, I was off. Um, uh, 84% of 1,300. Give or take. Oh, the hell. No. Uh, no, that's not... About 10.50. 10, so, Let's say about 1100. Yeah, about 1100. If you go down the comments, you get to Serpentine. because this is nothing new. The PS1 and Sega Dreamcast also had this way before GameCube. Uh, PS2 and Slim Winnie Winnie. Uh, any top loading disc also had the eject button. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have an eject button. No, PlayStation did not have the button to release the disc. It was um, little tiny little metal balls. The, the... Oh, little teeth, teethy balls yeah, the that game. went into the disc. That will just slip up and down in the uh, shaft of the disc. Anyway. Eighty-four of thirteen hundred, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, one thousand ninety-two. There we go. Yeah, so about eleven hundred. There we are. Someone called him on it. It says, uh, "To be fair, those are just spindles." I press uh, that when I want to remove disc too. But the GameCube has an actual eject button that releases the disc from the spindle in one motion. So he was like, "Oh no." <laughs> and then someone also went, no, not the eject button on the top. It has a push button on the spinner that holds the disc in place and releases it. So he apparently was just like, fucking what? And then someone also put a, a picture of the disc drive up front. It's like, wait, um, it does say push. So. Just what? <laughs> Some people just don't. 
Uh, right, where are we next? Where are we next? Where are we next? Uh, slowly sliding into the gaming now. Well, we kind of do a little. Well, bit. we're slowly still sliding into the the medium bit of the game, but we're still on a bit yeah. gaming, uh, but technical side. Well, this one's a quickie. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Sony's getting yeah. Discord. Yeah, by March 2023. Because you know they're going to. The, the weird thing, the weird thing is though, because Sony originally paid for Discord's partnership years ago, but Xbox got it first. Oh, another thing. But the the, the 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 kick of the balls is, if you still have a PS4, you're not getting the Discord integration. It's a PS5 thing, and, oh, and well, I'm assuming for the PS6 as well. So, so what they're saying is, the PS4 cannot run Discord. <laughs> yep. Well, unless they beta it first. Hang on, hang on. I, I need the <laughs> button. This come back again. Fuck's sake! <laughs> Fuck's sake! Slow hand clap, Sony. Slow hand clap. We're not done with you, but we will do the slow hand clap. Uh, the funny thing is, though, the next lot of stuff is for Sony. So, hope you're sitting down, ladies and gents, because this is a fucking spicy. So, I think we touched on this before, but now it's like more of a, an actual... It's more definitively that they have been offered a 10-year deal Yeah. for COD to stay on their system. But they still don't think it is a fair deal. I think they still want the exclusive exclusive shit on it, but I think Microsoft can be like, nah, we're giving you on for the next 10 years, guaranteed. So this is from Video Games Chronicle. Um so Phil Spencer, the uh, and Microsoft said the the new to New York Times they'd offered a ten year deal to Sony on November the eleventh. Sony to have declined to comment on the claim. Shocker. <clears throat> on the sixteenth uh, of the sixteen governing bodies, only Saudi Arabia and Brazil have approved it so far. Although Microsoft says it expects Serbia to do it shortly. In September, obviously, they said they were going to keep the uh, Call of Duty contract available for several more years after the expiry of the current one with Activision solo. Um, Jim Ryan went, oh, this is inadequate on so many levels. Um, And then since then, uh, UK and European regulators expanded their initial inquiries because of all this shit. Uh, last week, he, Phil Spencer said he was open to commit uh, commitment to Sony and regulators that Call of Duty would stay on PlayStation on a longer-term basis than currently agreed. Similarly referring to the 10-year offer, um, he told her, the Decoder podcast, that he said it would be um, a little bit silly to write forever in a contract. Because there's no such thing as a forever contract. Uh, exactly. You have a long-term contracts that can be extended at will, re- extended and revised as the need. Well, it could be in perpetuity. Yeah, but um, they did say that a longer-term commitment that Sony would be comfortable with. Um, but the only way they can be comfortable with is exclusive to their system. Yeah, um, but if your whole entire system is dependent on one game, then. Maybe you should own that game. Yeah. Well, uh, I can guarantee if, if it's everybody around and I can Sony bought 
Activision Blizzard, and they get Call of Duty off Xbox for a year. Oh, wait, they do that anyway. You know, everyone else will be up in ours. We're like, no, Sony's fine. Sony's been doing it for 20 years. So announcing its decision to focus on acquisition of, in further detail in September, the UK's Com- Competition and Markets Authority said it considers that Call of Duty is sufficiently important that losing access to it or losing access on competitive terms could significantly impact Sony's revenues and user base. Responding to the CMA's decision, Microsoft called the regulators' concerns misplaced and claimed that Sony adopts uh, complaints without appropriate level of critical review. And it has now accused Sony of misleading the regulator, telling the New York Times the company has overstated the importance of Call of Duty uh, to its viability. In a statement, PlayStation boss uh, Ryan told the publication that it's not true that his company... uh, not true that his company has misled regulators. Uh, Microsoft is a giant tech giant uh, with a history of dominating industries. It is highly likely that the choices games have today will disappear if the deal goes ahead. Yeah, but Microsoft is third in terms of um, the gaming industry, so I don't see how that's dominating. Sony are currently winning anyway, aren't they? So uh, closely follows second by Tencent. Hmm. So then, um, <laughs> Sony's response to the UK CMA is comical, is the next bit. So, uh, mm. fuck, I need to roll back to this one. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, is that it? The, the link links, links to a 22-page a PDF, so <laughs> I'm not reading 22 pages. But basically, basically a, basically, a summarization is it's pretty much a comical read about all the industry practices Sony has been doing for the last 20 years and why Xbox shouldn't be allowed to do the same, essentially. Yeah. So, GG, Sony, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, and yeah. then... They've also claimed that uh, Microsoft's true strategy is to make PlayStation like Nintendo. What? So, wildly successful? Yeah, like better. <laughs> I mean, like I said, Nintendo does not has not had a Call of Duty on it for nearly 10 years, and it's fucking thriving. Yeah. Uh, so this is also from Video Games Chronicle. Uh, Sony has claimed that Microsoft's true strategy behind its proposed Activision Blizzard acquisition is to have PlayStation become like Nintendo and not compete in the 18-rated shooter space. Uh, the comments were made in a newly published uh, response to UK regulated competition markets authorities decision to expand in the proposed acquisition so this was 23rd of november so we're around about the same time that we read the other one yeah uh in its 22 page response sony interactive entertainment alleges there's a deal which go through users would leave the playstation ecosystem microsoft could raise xbox prices independent developers would be harmed in the fallout as well well microsoft have uh, state, stated that they are raising prices next year after the holiday period. Yeah, and that's just for games, not for hardware. Uh, yeah. Um, as the so they go in. They go in. They go in the seventy dollar, seventy pound route that Sony did. Well, has been doing for the last two years or so. Yeah. Well, they need to start getting games bloody completed before they release them. Then. Well, this is where you vote with your wallet. If if it doesn't look like it's going to be complete. Don't buy don't buy a game at launch. Buy a game after launch. Check the reviews. If the game is not fixed or in a state to be fixed qu- quickly, wait for a sale. Don't buy it. 
what I get with these all these definitive ultimate complete editions. They should fucking call it, you know. Hey, this is the fully complete game edition. We should have done it first time around, but you know. Yeah. Um, has been the trend with the back and forth, uh, the regulatory much of the doc- document focus on Call of Duty, and the perceived harm Sony claims Activision Blizzard deal would cause should the flagship franchise be made exclusive to Xbox. Even though they've said it's not going to be exclusive. In one statement, uh, one section of a statement, the platform holder singles out comments made by Microsoft that other platforms uh, have prospered without Call of Duty, including Nintendo Switch. Uh, in its latest response, Sony claims to, uh, Sony says this claim ignores the facts. What, the fact that Switch doesn't need Call of Duty yeah. and it's fucking thriving. It, it has That's a fucking fact because on there, it doesn't need Call of Duty. It would be nice if it had Call of Duty, but it doesn't need it. Uh, <sighs> SIE also argues Nintendo's strategy is differentiated from PlayStation and Xbox because it doesn't rely on 18 rated shooters, franchises, games, which argues Microsoft will have a virtual exclusive ownership of should the Activision deal be approved. Uh, in this sense, it alleges Microsoft's true strategy with uh, the Active Blizzard deal is to make PlayStation like Nintendo and that it does not compete in this space. Nintendo doesn't need to complete, compete in the space of the shooters because it doesn't fucking need to. Exactly. Microsoft claims uh, that Nintendo's differentiated model demonstrates PlayStation doesn't need Call of Duty to compete effectively. But this reveals Microsoft's true strategy, the statement reads. Microsoft wants PlayStation to become like Nintendo uh, so that it would be less close and effective competitor to Xbox. So, <laughs> hang on. So, they want PlayStation to come like Nintendo, so they want cross-play on all platforms, the games they use. But, oh, wait, PlayStation doesn't allow um, cross-play on many of their games, do they? No. Uh, Pro's transaction Xbox would become... The one-stop shop for all the best-selling shooters on the console. Call of Duty, Gears of War, Halo, Doom, Overwatch. Uh, well, Halo's Xbox exclusive anyway. Yeah. Gears uh, of War's is Xbox and PC exclusive anyway, yeah. I believe. Doom is on Switch. Doom is also on PlayStation. Overwatch yeah. is also on PlayStation. Yep, and Switch. So, Call of Duty currently, multi-platform. Halo and Gears, Xbox and PC. Yep. Doom, Overwatch, multi-platform. Mm-hmm. So, not really selling the argument here, are they? Yeah. Uh, as the decision explains, and it would be free from serious competitive pressure. Uh, the statement goes on to claim that Activision games, in particular Call of Duty, are critical to PlayStation. No, the exclusives, exclusive bonuses you get are fucking critical to PlayStation. Uh, not the fucking game. The franchise is firmly entrenched in the game of Psyche. Every installment since Call of Duty was first released in 2003 has consistently topped the charts, it states. Uh, going on to share redacted percentage figures of share of its audience that believe it would lose to Xbox should COD go exclusive. Uh, ignoring these facts, Microsoft argues that Nintendo has been successful uh, without access to Call of Duty. It continued. This misses the point. The decision identifies a wide body of evidence showing that Nintendo offers a differentiated experience and Xbox and PlayStation because <coughs> it's focused on family-friendly games that are very differentiated uh, very different from the Peggy 18 FPS games like Call of Duty what you mean like Doom and Doom Eternal so and also make your console more family friendly yeah (laughs) 
Hmm. So what? So this family-friendly Switch that I have Doom on, and I could get Doom Eternal on. Um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, this is supported by Microsoft's internal documents, which is which. So the CMA found showed that in general, Microsoft's internal documents track PlayStation more closely than Nintendo, with Nintendo often being absent from any internal competitive assessment. Well, that's because they work with them. <laughs> um, while the Activision deal is being approved by Saudi Arabia and Brazil, the UK's competitive uh, recent, uh, market already uh, expanded it to the second phase in its process, inviting members of the public to share its view, given the final de uh, decision by March 2023. Uh, and the explanation of its decision to approve the acquisition, uh, Brazil's Cade said it agreed with Microsoft's claims. PlayStation did not need Call of Duty to remain competitive. As is already seen, Nintendo does not rely on any content from Activision Blizzard to compete in the market, it said. Well, I mean, it's got Overwatch, but that's not a thing it needs to compete. Uh, I like this. Uh, so one guy wrote, so the company that owns Bungie alongside many iconic uh, shooter franchises such as Killzone Resistance, SOCOM and more, is afraid of being left out of the shooter markets? This is bizarre ridiculous. Yeah, so again, like kill resistance, SOCOM, why not bring those back? They were PlayStation exclusive. Mm. I mean, I had the original SOCOM on the PlayStation and you had the fucking headset and you had to fucking say keywords to get your team to do something. Ah mm -hmm. oh, man. I might as well dig up the fucking PS2 now. <laughs> Things like that voice recognition didn't really work very well. It's like you say it's like uh Brava team go to checkpoint alpha. I don't know how to do that. Go to checkpoint alpha. <laughs> so, um, so speaking of Sony and their, their dumb fuckery, by the way, the Nintendo sales thing we could probably get rid of. That's okay, yeah. been gone. That was like Black Friday. Okay, I'll uh, zip back there now. So, from a tweet uh, from GameSpot on Twitter, Obviously, um, guess how much it will cost you to play the VR exclusive Call of uh, the uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain on PS2 VR. This is if you're going to go all in before you've got this, any of the. This is you don't have a Sony product in your house. You're going to get the PS5. You're going to get the PS VR2, the Sense controllers, and the game itself. It will cost you one thousand dollars, or roundabout one thousand pounds. And so if you're starting from scratch and going all in, then the cost of playing Horizon Call of Mountain will be about a grand. This covers yeah. factors in the cost of the PlayStation 5, the PSVR 2, the PSVR 2 Sense controllers, and the actual game. That is yeah. phenomenal. For You can get a decent fucking PC with VR for that. Yeah. Probably not a top-end not, not uh, 4090, but well, fuck. You could get a decent TV for that much. You can, you can probably get a reasonable uh, rig with 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 an with an with a thirty ninety in it. You get an Xbox Series X, four oh. K telly, uh, and a shitload of games for that price. Yeah, I mean or, the piece. Or you, can, or you can probably do two or three years of um, Game Pass subscription with the leftover cash. Sorry, Bob. You kind of no, no, it's alright. You can say the the PC that my brother built for me. That wasn't top of the range stuff. That's like. Low to mid range, like entry well, level. Entry level, but not like 
massively expensive, and I think that only costs like five hundred quid. Yeah, so it's like. Um, I think, could you get a Disney's PC with uh, liquid cooling for that? Right? Or not really? Probably not because liquid cooling is quite um pricey, isn't it? You get like a mid to top tier. Uh, yeah. Gaming PC. Do you think you could yeah, run um, um, Crisis and Ultimate Ultra? Man, yeah, if you if you didn't go for like the forty nineties or the thirties, you went for like a twenty series, like a, like a twenty sixty kind of thing. They, yeah, they that's, are, that's easy. That's the maximum of a mid level then. Yeah, yeah, but they're very good uh, and very like future proof at that rate. And and that's what annoys me. It's like Sony are like, oh, but they're they're gatekeeping things. But if you want to play this very, very exclusive uh, spin-off to a very successful PlayStation title, arguably, you've got to buy a five hundred pound fucking VS uh, PS VR two headset with controllers, and then shell out again for the game. And it's more to buy those two on its own than it is to buy the fucking console itself. That is the big sticking point. There, it's like. When your accessories cost more than the console, what the fuck? Yep. It, it's 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 it just boggles me how they are, in one line saying, "Call of Duty is going to fuck us over," and then they go, "But here's a really expensive VR headset. Why aren't you buying it? Why aren't you buying it? Why aren't you buying it? Why aren't you buying it?" The funny thing is that it makes no mention that uh, Horizon Call of Mountain will be also on PS4. Makes no mention. Well, no, because the PSVR 2 is PS5 exclusive, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying if you don't get the PS5 version, could you get the PS4 version? Probably not. Because it won't work with the PS4 and it won't work with the PSVR 1 headset because the PSVR 1 headset doesn't work with any PSVR 2 games and the PSVR 2 games and uh, headset doesn't work with any PSVR 1 games. As we already maybe, they should get, maybe, should, maybe they should get on that. Um, Make it a thing. No, they're too busy talking shit about Microsoft. That's their problem. So, seeing the talks with companies. Uh, who was this? Was it me or was it you? It was me, I believe. So this is from IGN.com. So Sony are apparently in talks with Honda to make a um, a car that contains a PS5. In an electric car. Yeah, because that could be fucking dangerous. Well, I, I have to imagine it would be a backseat only thing. Well, yeah, even 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 still though, you've imagine you're playing like an old uh, Need for Speed game and you've got police sirens blowing around you. The police are fucking chasing you. So, Son, so Sony, fucking hell, Sony and Honda may have a solution for more entertainment on the go. A plan that includes integrating PlayStation Five support in future electric cars. In an interview with the Financial Times, President and COO of Sony, Honda Mobility, Izumi Kawanishi, said it's possible to integrate the PlayStation 5 into cars. The console and other Sony servers are part of a greater vision to make a more entertainment-driven vehicle, completed with other electric models like Tesla. You went to do the voice then, I heard it. <laughs> oh, the um, Jim, Jim Inquisition the console voice. and other services... Our part Sorry, of the great vision to make a more entertainment-driven vehicle, competing with other models like Tesla. <laughs> I heard you, Code, say that like that. 
Yeah, if you want me to. <laughs> Sony has content, services, and entertainment technologies that move people. We are adapting these assets to mobility, and this is our strength against Tesla. How many she told the Financial Times? There you go. Do you know what I want now? I want Elon Musk to go, hey, Microsoft, give us an Xbox in our, in our Teslas. We'll, we'll add it for free. We'll pay you to put it in it. Sold. You know that would be the thing next. And it'd be like, Sony'd be like, you can't do that. Microsoft curses you. Wave stick. Shaking, shaking, shaking fist angrily at the sky. <laughs> Sony Honda Mobility CEO Yasuhide Mizuno explains further hardware will cater to the entertainment and network we would like to offer. The Financial Times also notes that these new models expected to launch in 2025 will make entertainment content part of the production process. Sony Honda established their joint venture earlier this year and Kawanashi said that part of their plan includes advances in autonomous driving. So that already says to me, you know, you got a long road ahead, punch a few coordinates, you know, just play a fucking game in the front seat. But that that, oh, that relies on extreme amounts of uh like autonomous safety that because you even if it's set in autonomous mode you aren't meant to be asleep you're meant to be able to grab the wheel at any time mm -hmm. so putting in a games console that you are going to be glued to and not paying attention to the road or the car doesn't sound like they are taking that safety uh concern into consideration the COO acknowledges that fully autonomous driving isn't quite there yet and will have to evolve considerably to achieve their vision. The electric car market already has a few options out there to integrate gaming into your road trips. Tesla owners can play classics in 1991's Sonic the Hedgehog, while Model X and Model S cars support powerful enough hardware to run The Witcher 3. The company has also tested Steam integration for its vehicles. Is Sonic and the 2025 Sony Honda weight art appealing? There's always Tesla's new in-car karaoke system, or maybe just bring a Steam Deck. <laughs> or do what we used to do back in the day and get one of those little fucking monitors and stick it on the back of the car seat, plug in a fucking a, a power brick adapter and plug your console in and do it that way. Because everything is fucking like solid state and that these days anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, I still got the old um, little TV monitor screen for my old big chunky Xbox. Mm. I, I mean, you still need you still needed a power lead or a power adapter to run the fucking thing, but you know, if you had a, if your if your TV exploded for some strange reason, you still got um, a way to play. Sure enough, the, the screen was only like twelve inches, but you know, sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, all you need is a good twelve inches. Lol. Um, so. Another little thing. So, if if I had to, if I ever said to you, uh, well, you know, you know, how Nintendo are with refunds. Mm -hmm. They're pretty fucking stingy. Yeah. Well, how surprised would you be if you ever heard the word Nintendo refunds in the same sentence? It'd be quite surprising, yes. Um, but I know where this is coming from. So. The newest Pokemon game, Scarlet and Violet, which I do own, uh, and I have seen the issues, uh, apparently is that bad, which, to be fair, in this current climate of Fix It Later, this the, the bugs in it were more humorous than like game-breaking. Game-breaking, yeah. Um, it was just like poor, 
performance. It was like, I'm willing to deal with sub 20 FPS because the game still plays. If the if the core gameplay was fucked, then by all means, yeah, request a, uh, a what do you call it, a, a refund on that. But the the issue is that people aren't happy uh, with it. Um, with things like your characters being really weird and popping out into a different uh, like different shape and size going bendy legs and stuff like that uh, Pokemon glitching through other po uh, through players in humorous and funny ways um, low FPS uh, things like and it's it's a performance way of keeping the performance stable and they are working on it and there has been patches since this came out I mean, there is one such. Don't we whether a glitch or a bug at this point? Um, that if you had paired up two Joy Cons to one to the console, you could run twice as fast on the screen. Yeah. So pushing forward makes you run at full speed. Pushing another Joy Con that's already linked to it as well makes you run even faster. I don't know if that's been uh, patched out or not, but. Um, like the main issues that I see, which they can fix if they just do a bit more uh, figuring out with it, because they did rush it. It is a rush um, thing. Um, is that the further away you get from things, the lower FPS they display at. So they'll start going juddery and janky, and then like down to nothing. And some people just disappear after a certain uh, distance. So like the level of detail and the um oh what's the what's the the distance render distance, Not the draw distance. yeah um that they appear at also uh contributes to that so if you're going for a wave sound would you get better fps because you're not rendering that in potentially i think that's what they've tried to do as a short-term fix as you said, though, the further you get away, the lower your FPS goes. But well, you're not rendering objects in as much, so no, we're not FPS. It's the character models and Pokemon further away will render in a lower FPS. Oh, okay, kind of. Um, it's kind of like how, to boost. Kind of, kind of how Spyro used to be back on the PlayStation One. Yeah, to contribute to your FPS being more stable, they slow down everything else around you to give you the better performance. So they use less polygons, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, they only update it every couple of uh, seconds instead of thingy. So every like the, the most infamous um, example of this is the there is like one windmill in the game. Uh, it renders at 30 FPS when you sort of right next to it. If you get further away, it goes down to 17 FPS. And if you go really far away, it's like 2 FPS. Because it has to be in the, the, the draw distance for fucking ages. So <laughs> the way they got around that, they did that. But then people went, yeah, but if you play Breath of the Wild, you can see a, a fucking windmill spin like that at normal speed, fucking miles away. What gives? And I think it is literally that it has come out that this version of the Pokemon game was rushed. And many of the team that worked on Arceus were still working on Arceus when uh, Violet and... Scarlet and Violet were being developed. Yeah, so I think some tweaks under the hood. This will get significantly better. Maybe the FPS rendering thing might have to stay to keep the game running smoothly, but 
other glitches and that are already starting to be worked out. So it's not like it's like here it is, fuck you. It's a Psycho Six. It's a hey, we're really sorry we sent it out in this state. We're working on it, and they are. The first patch has improved uh, many things, not greatly, but improved them a bit. So they are oh. running better, and like things aren't crashing because. Some people had an issue where they played for so long and then it crashed because of memory leaks. Um, so that's that's been solved. So issues like that. So it's like how Cyberpunk, the more that that was left after everyone went, what the fuck is this? The better it got because people went back and looked at it and fixed things and added things to it. There's like DLC to Cyberpunk now. Um, whereas with, with Scarlet and Violet, for now, I don't think there's going to be any DLC. They're just going to work on making it better. And then bring out the DLC. Uh, but I think this yearly Pokemon um, trend on Switch will have to stop. If this has proven anything, is they can't release a Pokemon game every year because it's going to cause issues. And the fact that Scarlet and Violet as well... Uh, I'm playing Violet, which is set in modern times, and Scarlet is set in the past. So, um, I don't know how far back in the past it is, but things are different. So that means they've had to code differently uh, for things being different. I've not seen anyone playing Scarlet, so I can't tell you what the differences are. But um, I think it's like you've got a, your Pokemon walks instead of rolls, because it's got wheels on the future one. And then also uh, your professors are different. And I think like the enemies are different as well. Uh, the the team bad guys are different. So, like you've had to code all that in two different games. Whereas Arceus was one game with one very big storyline and very good start to end. There wasn't any fucking around. So uh -huh. yeah, obviously this got um, the shitter end of the stick. But that's not to say they're not going to go back and give us a hefty download and be like, here we go. Here's like an engine overhaul. It runs a lot better now. Because they can do that and they probably will do that. Because Game Freak and Nintendo knows that Pokemon prints money. So if you have a bad playing Pokemon game, that's going to sour people to the next one. But then like we look at it in the Discord and that and there are several of us that are playing it who are already on the end game stuff and are enjoying it still. And they're not having many issues. So it's one of those things I, I was kind of like the same with Cyberpunk. There were issues, there was gra graphical glitches, there was weird loading issues and stuff. But the game itself was okay. The gameplay was okay. The story was fucking great. It was just the performance of the game that didn't run well. Or it stuffered, stuttered, stu suffered greatly with like issues. And this is where this is, and this is where people are freaking out, because this Pokemon game wasn't polished like the fine diamond it should be. It was pushed out there as a rough cut, and now they are chipping away to make it the polished version that it should be. Um, so, watch this space. It will get better, because it's a big brand game. It's like Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite just got a lot of features that it should have had at launch, and people are like, yay, finally, a complete game. We love this game now. And they're flocking back to it because that's what they wanted in the first place. 
the campaign was great. The multiplayer is okay, but it was missing a lot of features. Me, Sparks, and K-Dog are playing through Legendary All Skulls co-op campaign on Halo Infinite, and it's fucking hilarious. Because we just get into so much stupid shit. And we are breaking the game, but that's because when three of you are firing six rockets at one guy and they go fucking astronaut um it's really hard for the game to go you know what yeah uh, yeah. uh <clears throat> that counts as a clear so then we have to literally have one of us go and hunt the the like the the fucking astronaut that somehow survived the fatal fall <laughs> to kill him in the last session we spent a lot of time pinging oh, enemies yeah. into the abyss of space on the broken parts of the ring and that was fucking funny uh, one of the funnier ones is in the twitch clips on our discord where I grapple and do a power up like uh, basically like a falcon punch and as I do that sparks rockets him into me i pull off the falcon punch and this poor grunt must have hit this poor grunt. must have hit like <laughs> sub light speeds before it hit the other side of the canyon um it, it just disappeared it's fucking hilarious and it, it was like it's so much fun playing that game when you do stuff like that uh we're, we're currently like sticking ragdolls into walls <laughs> because that's what happens. They get launched we're, so we're much bouncing speed. brutes around, aren't we? Oh, bouncing brutes, flying them, flinging them off edges, uh, just watching their corpses like experience kinetic energy at its finest. Well, we are hitting the problem of having to hunt down elites and brutes that we've pinged off elsewhere that we need to complete a certain section. Yeah, <laughs> it's like as soon as you see one ping in the air, one of us tracks it because we know that that could be an issue. <laughs> so, which way did it go? That way. Okay, I'm watching. And those it. hunters were just. Oh, <laughs> did you see the one with the grunt where I I pinged the grunt in the air, punched him back into place, yeah, pinged him again, man? and then fucking just yeeted Eat him. him off to the side? <laughs> that was so much fun, and it's like that's because of all the different skulls we've got on. So there's like um, like low gravity. There's one that increases the explosions, so they are more kinetic. So there's more like yeah, energy behind. Them. One. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sputnik is a uh, if it's still yeah. in. No, that's not on there. Uh, but like catch cowbell, uh, yeah, more grunt, grenades. Grunt birthday party. Grunt birthday party. Uh, cowbell increases the explosions by two, so whatever the explosion damage was, it's twice the amount of force behind it now. I'm hard. Hard ammo. Yeah, and the infinite ammo rocket launch is, is is the funniest and best thing we ever did. It's like that's our constant secondary weapon and we just pick up other things we find interesting at the time Snipers. yeah and then i've got the blue tack method which dolph will know from Gee. doing uh lasso back in uh halo reach mm -hmm. you figure out where the the gun or the rocket is firing from and you put a piece of blue tack on your tv or your screen and that is roughly where the middle of the screen and the reticle is so you hit more accurate shots because the problem i said and Spark can call me a cheat all he wants, but I forget where the middle of the screen is. So I forget when I'm shooting things. I do it in PUBG a lot as well with the VSS. Uh, the amount of times I've shot left of the middle of the reticle and wonder why I didn't hit anything. And I've gone, oh shit, I wasn't even pointing at him properly. 
that's that's the same in in like Hoodless Halo. I don't well, have a clue. <laughs> oh no, that's I can get can get you if I can get to you, but it's just like oh, if I if I don't, especially at distance, if I don't figure out where the dot is or the the middle of the scope well, is. Oh, the drop on the VSS is but, significant. So. Yeah, but it is that weird triangle scope on the VSS. Yeah. Sometimes I forget that the middle is the middle, and I'm pointing it down the line like it's the, like that's the 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 bisecting <laughs> thing, and I got it wrong. So then I miss like five or six shots, and what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. Then correct. Now, in Halo, that's like life and death, uh, especially on Legendary, because someone can just fire a rocket straight back at you with life and death on fucking PUBG. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like in PUBG though, yeah, it's either. it's my own fault for doing that. It's not that I, I can't see the reticule. It's just like I'm, I'm placing it wrong. So having a, a bit of blue tack on the screen helps me remember roughly where the middle of the, the where I'm going to shoot is. Because you have nothing. You don't even have a shadow or the gun model to show you what it is. So you can't even figure out an approximation of where you're shooting. So it's hard. It's hard to work it out. And sometimes you just go, what the fuck? But um, yeah, so, but that's that's a feature added in that's made that game richer. And like I said, with Pokemon, that'll be the same. I I rambled. We're moving oh. on to uh, hey, remember Dead Island? Yep. Remember they were making a sequel. Mm-hmm. So apparently, uh, from IGN.com. So. Dead Island 2 was, I think, postponed at one point and then got moved backwards to an unknown time. Uh, well, it was... you, you, say, you, you say that. It was originally... Um, original release window was spring of 2015. Yeah, the Dead Island 2 was originally revealed at E3 2014. And soon went quiet after mutual differences separated the developer Jaeger from Deep Silver. It was then moved to Sumo Digital before then shifted again in 2019 to Dambuster Studios. It was re-revealed after years of troubled development in August 2022. So, a couple of months back. And now, they went, hey, uh, we're, we're now delaying it till April the 28th next year. I'm expecting another delayed with her. I, this could be uh, a mini Duke Nukem Forever. Because Duke Nukem Forever was like 10... 11, 12 years, 10, 12 I think. Years. I think 12 years. Um, I mean, it wasn't as bad as most people think it would be. It was very... It still felt very fucking rushed even after 12 years. Because a lot of shit didn't work properly. Yeah. I mean, I still managed to complete it, but... This... Uh, it... it didn't exactly leave me wanting, should we make that, if that makes sense. I mean, it was okay, but I never went back to it. So, uh, <laughs> it originally, Star Citizen uh, got announced in 2012. So, and that's still not done. So, at the moment, 10 years. But, oh, no, hang on, hang on. The pre-production of the game, though, initially started in 2010. So, 12 years 
Star Citizen has been on the count and so forth. And then um, Dead Island 2 has only been... Seven-ish. Seven-ish, yeah. So not bad. Could be worse. As long as they don't do a, a Duke Nukem and go, ha-ha, we've run around and, and told it's coming out and fucked around and then had to move studios and cram and hope to get stuff doing. Uh, and it's just broken by the end of oh, the You could say that Dead Island 2 has been in production less time than GTA 5 has been out. And GTA 5 has been out for fucking ever. There are people and on born who are two and on three generations. And on three generations of console. Yeah, there are people now who were born when GTA 5 was released and are playing GTA 5 now. So that tells you a lot. Illegally, but yeah. No. <laughs> Still. Um, we're getting near the end of the, the podcast, so let's carry on, shall we? Uh, short and sweet. Uh, during Black Friday, Xbox outsold PlayStation Five. Not bad. Yeah, not bad for apparently a content has no fucking games. Yeah. 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 Uh, then uh, another short one. So Starfield uh, has been confirmed from Todd Howard. Um. <laughs> himself during a podcast that it will be an xbox and pc exclusive so no no sony involvement there um which was to be expected we expected this that's fine well, yeah because it's designed by xbox so yeah and then uh take us home dolph with the last one which i fucking called by the way so, this is from IGN.com. Microsoft has made a 10-year commitment to bring in Call of Duty to Nintendo consoles. Call of Duty will also stay on Steam. Uh, Xbox Phil Spencer shared the news on Twitter. Go away, battery. Alongside confirming Microsoft will continue to offer Call of Duty titles on Steam after the deal has closed as well. So, Phil Spencer's put it out. Microsoft has entered into a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo following the merger of Microsoft and Activision. Activism vision. King. God, that was fucking hard. Microsoft is committed to helping bring more games to more people however they choose to play. I'm also pleased to confirm that Microsoft has committed to continue to offer Call of Duty on Steam simultaneously to Xbox after you have closed the merger. The last time mainline Call of Duty titles on Nintendo console was 2013 Call of Duty Ghosts, which made its way to the Wii U. Since then, Nintendo owners have been left behind when it comes to one of the best-selling game franchises of all time. In October 2022, Spencer said he'd love to see Call of Duty on the Switch, and that the Xbox intention is to treat Call of Duty like Minecraft. It looks as though now that plan is in motion. This news comes at a time when many eyes on the Microsoft and Activities deal, and when many are focused on what this merger means for the future of Call of Duty on PlayStation. Spencer stated that Call of Duty will ship on PlayStation as long as there is a PlayStation to ship it to. Reports have come out saying Microsoft has offered a similar 10-year deal to Sony to keep the franchise on the platform. Call of Duty is one of the hottest topics of this deal, as some worry and other similar AAA titles will tip the scales if they are locked to one platform. Microsoft has disputed these claims, with many of its comments coming out publicly. We are still trail Sony and Tencent in the market after the deal closes, and together Activision and Xbox will benefit gamers and developers and make the industry more competitive. 
The Microsoft Active Blizz deal is currently being reviewed by the FTC and regulators in Europe and the UK. The two parties have until July 23 next year to close the deal, or they have to renegotiate the agreement. So, yeah. So, so like I said, I fucking called it. So there's no, there's no reason why Microsoft can't just go, hey, Nintendo, do you want a Call of Duty? Because at the moment, the only reason it's not happened is because Wii U did so badly that Activision Blizzard didn't want to put it back on there. But if Microsoft owns it, they have the money to go, just fucking do it. We've got it our, now we've got our team to help you with the porting. Whatever. Yeah. And the fact that Nintendo and Microsoft have worked together on numerous different games. Uh, Cuphead, uh, Ori on the Blind Forest, Ori in the Will of the Wisps, uh, the... The Doom games that are also by their own by Xbox in their own way. Uh, fucking. I think uh, Doom's. Um, is Bethesda. that it? Is that it or IA? It's id and Bethesda. Hmm. So that's owned by Microsoft anyway. So all these games are on there on the Nintendo anyway. So. Hey, you know. Talking about earlier on when Sony was like, oh, they're going to make us like Nintendo. It's like what they they're gonna offer you games, <laughs> which I mean money, money, and and this is what makes me laugh. I think it's they've got wind of the Nintendo one and like fuck these guys. We're only getting the same as Nintendo, so they're just pissing. Yeah, so no exclusive packs, no exclusive skins, no exclusive XP bonuses for a year, no exclusive modes. No, this is the thing. We're all it's the thing. same, but one big happy family. Yeah, and they don't like that because the exclusivity drives console sales. They're just going to be like, well, but it means that people will leave us. No, people will leave you even if Microsoft give you Call of Duty because not everybody is going to want to stay when you have no exclusive content for your Call of Duty game. That's the thing they're scared of, is that people are going to be like, oh, there's nothing here to keep us here anymore. I'm going back to Microsoft. I've still got an account somewhere. So I've got all the game scores somewhere. So I've got all my mates who live there still. They're going to take the piss out of me for moving across, but hey, I'll come back. Because, you know, Game Pass and stuff like that makes more sense. Especially but, with the yeah. game increase, price increase next year. Yeah. You get more value for Game Pass unless they start putting Game Pass up to um, compensate. But if they do, don't think they will. It'll be, it'll be a couple of quid at most. It won't be crazy. It's like £12 now. If they put it up to 15 it'd still be competitive because of all the games they offer. Mm-hmm. You can't play all the games they offer you on a regular basis. Nice. Next to impossible. Yeah. It's like the stable ones that are on there all the time. I think Sea of Thieves is always on there. Minecraft uh, Minecraft's always on there. Halo is on there and will always be on there. Gears possibly. The gang, most of the gears are, if they're not they should be. Um and that's the thing, they add and take away stuff, but they will also do a thing where they'll discount you for having Game Pass by like twenty percent. So you get a saving on that game that you are like, oh, it's leaving. But it's like, but I can save 20%. Yeah, it's like 15%, 20% when it, when it goes off. Yeah, so you're not losing out by having Game Pass and not buying the games because it gives you that savings because you are on Game Pass because you've had a chance to try a game that you might not have tried and really enjoyed. Um, So, I don't know. I think, like I said, it's it's... Sony trying to big dick everything and tell everyone that they're wrong. And uh, then 
Microsoft um, going, well, actually, we're just trying to be nice and give everyone everything. And here we are now, and it's just like, <sighs> really? I, I think you'll get to the point where um, if the EU and, and UK look at it subjectively, especially when other people get involved in that, they'll say, well, it's just Sony fucking pissing in the wind. They're just causing an uproar. It's, it wouldn't matter if Call of Duty was on Sony or not, but Microsoft are actually offering them a contract and they're turning it down. So it doesn't matter in the long run if Microsoft were to take it away eventually because they're offering it now and they're offering it a 10-year with renewal contract. Yeah, they want 10 years to come up with something else. Yeah. and yeah. But that that's what annoys me about that's it is Sony just saying no. And it's like, well, they, they're basically being told, here, we are giving you Call of Duty for 10 years. That's probably a console lifespan, at least. You could go bankrupt in that time, or you could do really well, and then we'd have a negotiation again. But that's what makes me chuckle, is they just said no. It's not It's not good. We don't want it. We, we want it all the time or not. And it's like, but they give you a 10-year rolling contract, you twats. That's five... Call of Duty games. Because they're not doing the new Call of Duty now till... Because this one that's just come out, 2022, the next game is in 2024. So, 2024 being the next Call of Duty game. If it starts from the end of their contract, which is like three games time, they've got... Till 2035 or something daft like that before the contract runs out of the 10 year contract. That's a long time. So it's. It, it frustrates me that they're basically using the short term shock and awe. And when people look at it and go subjectively and see that that shouldn't be an issue. It'll, it'll just look stupid. And then they'll kick off again when Microsoft offer it again. Then then they'll be like, why? It'd be like that meme, you know, where it's like uh, the guy shoots the other guy and turns around to the camera and goes, why did you make me do this? And it'll be like, Microsoft offers Sony a 10-year uh, contract. They turn it down and turn around to Microsoft because why did you take Call of Duty from us? And that'll be exactly what happens. Because Japanese uh, businessmen aren't forward thinking compared to the Microsoft lot and the Nintendo lot, which are learning to be more open. So, yeah. Frustrations all around. Annoyances all around. Uh, I don't think the, the Sony... Call of Duty thing will ever get fixed in the way they want it and Microsoft will bend over backwards to try and make this work before they give up and then we'll release a statement with all the things that uh, Sony have said to disrupt it and break the, the deals and then Sony will be like 
well, that's wrong. And it's like, well, why didn't you take the deal then? We've, here's the deal. Here's the deal in paper. Here's the deal in writing. Why did you not take this written deal? And they'll be like, well, it wasn't good enough. And people are just like, really? And, and that's what's going to happen. You just know that's going to happen. Because Sony aren't liking. Sony don't like. Sony don't like. They kick off. They've done it every time. And yes, I've rambled. <laughs> but that's, that's it. I mean, the only thing is with the, the Call of Duty on Switches, it won't be the same as the the like the ps4 or xbox version it will be a different version of call of duty probably a pared mm -hmm. down graphically uh different version unless the switch pro comes out that they've been alluding to for years uh which could then make it more competitive mm -hmm. but um either way it's good that they are bringing it back to the nintendo audience because there are people like me that play Call, uh, Call of Duty and play Switch and stuff like that, and it would be really good, as you said earlier on, uh, before, I think it was before the podcast, that, you know, I have a couple of games of Call of Duty while sat on the shitter. Or in bed. Or out on the uh, uh, like public Wi-Fi. Having a few games while you're out and about. It's the whole point of the Switch is to go and do stuff, so why would it not be a thing that you could play Call of Duty on the go and they'd probably make a big deal about it as well and it would be really fun to do that so it's all positives is what I see and yes I am an Xbox fanboy before you throw it out there but when you look at it subjectively Sony aren't really doing themselves any favours nope. and I started off with a Sony Playstation back in the day so mm -hmm. I still have one upstairs I have a PSV and a PSP doesn't mean I don't like Sony. I just don't like what they're doing now. I don't like how they are treating their customers and their values are shocking. And yes, Microsoft did try that and then got bollocked and then went, yeah, okay, we see why we're being fuck-ups and stopped it. So, there we go. All right, okay. End of podcast time. Yeah. So, if you want to... Contact us. You can contact me on Twitter at Dolphin Rapture. I'll entertain most questions, as long as not political, racist, or religious. Uh, you can reach Star on Twitter as well, Stardust2118. Same applies to the questions. Nah, nothing religious, nothing political, nothing racist. If you want to contact Bob, you can reach her on Twitter as well, at Reggie underscore Coop. Again, same kind of questions. Yep. If you want to also send a message to Loz, you can reach him on Twitter as well, at LozG1985, or wherever you may find it. If you also have a question for Sparks, you can send that question to our, yes, our Sparks Pajamas podcast Twitter handle, which is SIP Podcast Crew, big S, small I, big P, Podcast Crew, all our case. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. So, for our last listeners from three weeks ago, we did leave a riddle. So, I will reiterate that again. The riddle was stronger than steel, lighter than cotton, found in the corner, forever forgotten. Despised by many, admired by few, you can't seem to make me, I'm a mystery to you. 
So the answer to that one was uh, spider web or spider silk. Yeah. Wait, I missed that one. Yeah, you were yeah. last time. You went, you went very well. So. Yeah, he was poorly, uh, I believe. Okay. Let's see if we can find a new one for this week. Yeah, since the two you posted in the uh, in the thing. For yeah, Kado's gone. Yeah, yeah, like he bastard. <laughs> fucking slammed it. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've still got the editing to do. Because <laughs> when you listen to the podcast, yes, you've listened to two hours plus of the podcast. And then we've recorded two hours plus of the podcast. And then I've got to go and break it down, put it into usable form, chuck the podcast uh, topics in, and the title, which we still haven't got. Have you heard the Green Glass Door game? Uh, what is that? Hmm. <clears throat> okay. So. Recording? Yeah. I say I'm going through the Green Glass Door and I'm taking something with me. And then you have to say what you want to take with you. And I can tell you if you can take it or not. What? And see if we can figure it out. I, I don't understand this at all. <laughs> right, okay. So I'm going through this green glass door and I am going to take some buttons with me through the door. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have to say what you want to take through the door and I'll tell you if you can take it or not and see if you can figure out what you can take and what you can't take. Oh, so it's like an object um, exclusion kind of thing. Can I take some cloth through the door? No, you cannot. Can I take some thread through the door? No, you can't, no. Can I take a chocolate wrapper through the door? You can take a wrapper, but not a chocolate wrapper. I'm so going to so, 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 so when you say wrapper, you, you mean like um, a two-pack or like a, like a natural wrapper? No. No. So you can take the wrapper, but you can't take a chalk wrapper. So we're trying to guess what Bob's got. Yeah, what you can take through the door. And I, I'm also going to take a ladder through this door. So you've got buttons and a ladder. Yeah. And I can take a wrapper, but not yeah. a chocolate wrapper. Yeah. Can I take a Christmas tree through the door? You can take a tree, but not a Christmas tree. I'm so fucking confused about what this is. <laughs> I'm also going to take some boots with me. So I'm taking some buttons, a ladder, and some boots. Can I take a fat man through the door with me? No, you cannot. Can I take an axe through the door? No. Can I take an elf through the door? No. Can I take a living thing through the door? No. 
See, I thought it was to do with like Christmas. So yeah, because we're no. in December. That'd be a bit too, that'd be a bit too obvious. <laughs> hmm. So buttons, ladder, a tree, a wrapper, but not chocolate. A tree, but not Christmas. Yeah. Can I take wood through the door? You can. You can take wood through the door. So I'm also going to take some balloons through the door. Ah, hi. Can I take? A... You get it? Mm. I I so I've got it. Can I take a cake through the door? No, you can't. Can I take a basket through the door. No. No, you can't take a basket through the door. How about a present? I'm going to take some brass as well, though. Some brass? Yeah. You can't take a present either, Spark. No. <laughs> I, well, I think for the sake of the listeners, we should wrap this up. So, um, <laughs> I have no idea what you took through the door. That's the riddle. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, guys, if you figure out what it is, is there any more hints of what you took through the door? We have tree, wrapper, uh, buttons, buttons, ladder, ladder, brass, balloons, wood, balloons, wood. wood yeah. Self took some wood. Yeah. Uh, is there any other you want to give us before? Um, I might take some wellies through as well. Right, well, if you guys uh, know what Bob has took through the green glass door, shout out on the Twitters and whatever, let us know, and uh, we will reveal what it is next time. So what I'll do is i get Bob to private message me it, so then if she isn't around for one reason or another, I can let you guys know what it was. Yeah. Uh, So this has been... Episode 117 of the uh, Spartans and Pajamas podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you all next time. Good day. Good night. Bye.